0: And Ultima seven part two. Serpent Isle map. Oh nice. Very nice. Speaking
1: of like I've seen that
2: one, not serpent even digital.
0: Yeah, I, I had the box but uh, but when we were trying to save space I I trashed most of the most of the boxes and put everything inside oh. the Ultima nine box. The Which map's is not huge. in here. It's the Dragon Edition.
1: I don't have the map in here, but I do have, like, my grandpa's old playthrough notes. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. let me see
2: that. <laughs> you said your grandpa's playthrough notes? Yeah. Oh my
1: god, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: That's awesome that he played. <laughs> oh, he... he... Nice. map.
1: Oh, I got, like, most of my computer games from him for, like, the first 15 years of my life. Whoa. That's
0: cool.
1: He was, a, um, he was a PhD electrical engineer and uh, really got in on like, using programming and computers right. to do a lot of his work, and so the games just kind of came naturally. welcome back to another episode of spam 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 humbug um, the first episode of 2016 so happy New Year everybody and you know I'm actually gonna start with the shout outs because we actually have a shout out so I want to give a first shout out to the uh, to the guys at the open Apple podcast who discussed Ultima Force 30th anniversary ...in their end of September episode. And they actually linked to the Ultima Codex's article about that, so that was nice to see. And because I haven't done uh, a roundup of these in a while... ...we have a bunch of new followers on Podbean. There's a bunch of new Ultima Dragons on Facebook. And there's even a new dragon registered on the roster at UDIC.org. So on Podbean, we welcome... ...Gay News Now, Real with a 3... Gypsy Rider 1989, This Podcast is Fire, Good night, 95, The Cave, Master Debaters, We Don't Care, Jackie Files, Brenna Waller, Pride FM, Yogadors Anonymous, I hope I pronounced that halfway correct, Invisible Podcaster, Hunter the Furry, and Hey Onse. All right, then. And on the Ultima Dragons on Facebook, we welcome... <clears throat> Charlie, Steve, John, William, another John, Terry, Charles, Matthew, George, Alanon, Reginald, Wesley, Chris, Jay, Scott, Joel, Ichbel, Chad, Jorge, Andrew, Jean Luc, Jeremy, Gavin, Jason, Jeffrey, Bart, and Gary. And UDIC.org welcomes Itchy Dragon. He registered just before the new year. So Before we launch into the main body of the episode, there's something I just want to say. Um, This isn't really a follow-up from any previous episode, but I want to take a moment to rant about a rather unfortunate revelation that just took place in the Shroud of the Avatar community like last night. As Inigo Montoya says, uh, let me explain. No, there is no time. Let me sum up. For a couple of years now, there's been a really pervasive troll plaguing the Shroud of the Avatar community, which, full disclosure, I continue to be involved with. I'm a moderator, though not an exceedingly active one at present, on the official Shroud of the Avatar forums, and I am, as of this morning, an admin on the Shroud of the Avatar fan group on Facebook. So anyways, this guy, posting and blogging under the handle Insane Membrane, odd spelling, um, he's been doing his level best to, you know, play the role of a low-rent Derek Smart to Shroud of the Avatar's Star Citizen, albeit he's been doing it for longer and with far less visibility overall. Well, today the troll unmasked himself, sort of. I mean, really all he did was trade one moniker for another, but it's still a significant revelation. I mean, I know this person's real name, I th- I think. I mean, you can never be 100% sure on the internet, but to the wider Ultima fandom... He's always been known as Avatar Acid, at least for a number of years now. And unfortunately, as he relates it, I was materially involved in the genesis of the insane membrane persona uh, as a result, basically, of... This was early on in the history of the Shroud forums, you know, where basically I wandered into a debate about PvP, open PvP in particular... And another forum member, uh, heavily invested in the game, took objection to the fact that a moderator was, you know, presenting an opinion. Um, Avatar Acid chimed in on the debate, kind of, you know, defending me, because he knows me. I mean, we've gone back a few years. He's done a lot of work with Minecraft, uh, you know, Ultima-themed Minecraft creations. (sighs) And he went a little too far, and I'm just like, you know, okay the guy's wrong, but you can't cuss him out, so I had to moderate him, actually. And unfortunately, um, that seemed to have kind of been one of the things that pushed him in the direction of, you know, eventually deciding to create this alternate persona and just relentlessly troll Shroud of the Avatar. Uh, And the thing was, like, it wasn't just he was some outsider. Like, I mean, there was a, you know, the Insane Membrane had an account on the Shroud of the Avatar forums, but even after that account was banned twice, he continued to have, you know, high-level insight into the workings of the community. I mean, he obviously had developer-plus level access to the forum. So, it was frustrating because, you know, I mean, he would post these, crazy rants about the game and just lambasting the direction that it was going in and we could never really figure out you know well how does he know this stuff like this is all this is paywalled content like how is he getting this now there's a reason that he chose to unmask his alter ego and it's a serious reason that merits some mention because essentially what happened was um he was doxed uh someone started to gather information about him and his family and began sending it to people that the insane membrane had insulted. Um, And, I mean, it was everything. His name, his spouse's name, kids' names, addresses, workplaces, phone numbers, passport numbers, lots of stuff. (sighs) Now, I mean, I'm already on the record as being profoundly against doxing. Indeed, as I said in uh, Fights of Virtue 3... doxing's not justice it isn't born of virtue it doesn't have the dignity of any person as its ultimate end i condemn the practice wholeheartedly and it's really profoundly unfortunate that avatar asset has been the victim of this there's there's no justification for that but at the same time i'm also really profoundly hurt by this revelation you know i've just been scratching my head wondering why i mean in all fairness i share some of the concerns that the insane membrane has articulated with regard to the development direction that shroud of the avatar has taken um i could care less about multiplayer i actually don't enjoy the game if i'm too cognizant of other players being in the world with me and i really just want a legitimate ultima successor that offers a near ultima 7 like world simulation experience albeit with better combat and a more evocative story and that isn't quite what we seem to be getting and you know i mean i could talk about that at some length but actually going to the effort of creating a new online persona for the express purpose of trolling the project, I can't even fathom that, you know? like its And it's beyond frustrating that not only did someone I had a great deal of respect for do just that, but that he then goes on to list me as being part of his raison d'être, it's, it's beyond frustrating. So, oh, that's all I really had to say about that, but, ah. not how I wanted to start 2016 I'll tell you that much anyways moving on so to ring in 2016 um, episodes for the month of January will actually mostly be focused on recapping the news pertaining to uh, Ultima including Ultima online Uh, which, at least for now, is the only game still in active development that's carrying on the Ultima namesake, Um, but also recapping the news about various Ultima fan projects, uh, different games that have been inspired by Ultima, like Shroud of the Avatar, Underworld Ascendant, and maybe Shards Online and Crowfall. This week, we'll be looking at what has transpired with various Ultima fan projects over the course of 2015. Um, and you can kind of think of this, actually, as a supplement to the poll that's currently underway at the Ultima Codex, uh, in which you can vote for your favorite fan project of 2015. So, the, uh, the first project that I want to discuss is none other than Ananias, or at least, I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it, I've never actually asked Slashing Dragon, and oh my goodness, did this one have uh, a year... So, he started the year um, at version 1.47, which added a bunch of new spells to the game, new monsters as well. That was followed, actually rather quickly, by version 1.48, which added female characters to the game. He also launched a new Indiegogo campaign at that time to uh, finance improved art and other things. Version 1.49 was, you know, released... um, Various advancements, new character and tile art. Version 1.5 uh, saw improvements to the web back end, laying the foundation for upcoming features. Yeah. Uh, it just goes on. Version 1.51 um, overhauls to the game's look and character creation UI. Um, version 1.52, which added the first community features to the game, So, uh, which... Uh, as of version 1.53, came to be known as the Fellowship Edition. So it's actually a standalone version of the game. It's not available in the free-to-play web client. It's actually uh, a paid... It's part of the paid version of the game that you can find at a few different digital storefronts for a few different platforms. Um, Version 1.55... Uh, which added Facebook sharing. So whenever you died in the game, you could let your Facebook friends know about that. Version 1.56 added um, the endless darkness, which were you know, levels of a dungeon that were utterly dark. So you, know, you couldn't see anything and they were just chock full of monsters. Um, shortly thereafter, the game was on Steam Greenlight. That was in April. Uh, the game was uh, added to Steam Greenlight. And I can't remember when it was greenlit. Oh, here we go. It was fully greenlit about a month later. So. uh, uh, It was added to the DeSora storefront as well. Although I think the DeSora storefront went belly up a little bit later on. So that was kind of a short-lived thing. Um, Version 1.64 was presented at Comic-Con Columbia 2015. So that was cool. Um, continued making changes by version 1.66, he had reverted to using Cocoon JS, um, and he also added confusion and hallucination effects. Um, version 1.67 was attended actually by another Indiegogo campaign. Uh, you know, continue to raise money to fund the art. Um, version 1.68 gave enemies the ability to find the player by hearing him and to actually pursue him between rooms of the dungeon version 1.69 added a new UI, a chibi UI for some mobile devices and version 1.7 which was actually just released um, overhauled the magic system actually really quite significantly so and then just you know because, I mean, Slashing Dragons, a complete machine, like just before the new year, he posted, you know, another update that basically, I mean, for him, it kind of recapped 2015. He talked about the iOS and Steam ports of Ananias that'll be coming in 2016. Um, and also like branded t-shirts and a presumably, presumably limited release miniature set. So this was a project that had like just tons of development throughout the year. Uh, It's a pretty darn fun game, too, I have to say. I don't normally go for games where, you know, the object of the game is to get killed, um, which really is (laughs) what this game is. I mean, you're never going to... There's not really an end to it. Um, You just kind of run through the dungeon until you die. But it's fun. And it looks pretty cool, too. Like, the art's really nice. You got something to say, Kevin? Kevin?
2: Yeah, I was just gonna say, uh, is my audio okay? Um, it's
1: fine. Like, yeah, there's like I said, there's a bit of a background buzz. I'm not sure what that's about, but
2: okay. Yeah, I got a fan going on in the background. It could be that. That's but...
1: probably what it is because it's like a wind kind of sound.
2: Okay, cool. Um, but anyway, yeah. Um, uh, God, I can't even say the name of the game. Ananias, I, I think. Um, like an Ananias. Game. Yeah, yeah. It's basically a rogue like um, you know. That's. There's, it's a ton of... It's a whole genre now, uh, especially, like, in the indie sphere that's regained, uh, you know, new life, new popularity. So, you know, pretty much the goal is to get as far as you can uh, without dying, you know, think levels and things that are procedurally generated. That's uh, pretty cool. It's like, you know, it's like a classic roguelike in many ways, but it has all the niceties of a modern game. It's uh, browser-based. Uh, it's very slick. You know, you click to move. So it's, it's extremely easy to play. You know, if you think about what makes a roguelike cool, and then you take out all the crap that drives you crazy just from an interface perspective, you know, actually mechanically, physically trying to play the game, all those rough corners have been ironed out, and it's really easy just to jump into, so it is a pretty cool game.
1: All right, so moving on, um, looking at the Ultima 6 remake. Now, this is an Exalt-based remake, so it's basically trying to recreate the story of Ultima 6, the story and setting of Ultima 6, using the Ultima 7 engine. Um, The project's been... It kind of has, like, these spurts of activity, um, and then falls dormant for a bit. I mean, happens a lot with, with different fan projects. So, where were they? Well, this year, um, they actually announced that they had finished the overworld, which is a pretty big step. I mean, building the overworld of Britannia is, you know, no small task in and of itself. Huge. It is. So, uh, and after that, they actually opened up to take suggestions for content to add to the world. So, little Easter eggy type things. Um Another thing that they discussed was their plans to make Britannia feel more at war in 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 the remake. Uh, and this is actually, like, if I have one beef with Ultima 6, it's this. Because this is, you know... I, I think it would add to the atmosphere of the game if, you know, instead of randomly encountering, like, always fight, swashbucklers fighting mongbats. I mean, I don't... what? Um, like, if, you know, some of the random encounters in the game were roving packs of gargoyles I think that would add a lot to the sense that you know Britannia is actually being invaded as opposed to only encountering the, uh, the the gargoyles at the shrines
0: I remember the Ultima six project it had uh, not exactly that but there was the feeling of being at war being chased of uh, traps being set up
1: nice
2: uh oh. yeah quick, quickly the one thing that surprises me about that project is uh the fact that it <coughs> excuse me uh, the fact that it is
1: apparently uh using the uh, dungeon, what is it dungeon siege engine well that's the ultimate six project yeah it uses dungeon siege yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm confusing that with the uh, Ultima Six remake. Oh, yeah, the okay. Ultima Six remake is using Exalt, so the Ultima Seven engine. Okay. Okay. That's all right. Never mind then.
2: I was going to say it's good. It's good if you know you're going to do a project like this that it doesn't use some ancient piece of software that's going to be impossible to get to run, whereas yeah. Exalt, you know, can run on pretty much any system Indeed. or operating system.
1: All right. So um, now they. <laughs> In, like, March, they teased the uh, the possibility of, like, some big website update, but then that actually never materialized. And for the rest of the year, their news updates took place on a Facebook page that they actually just created. Um, now, that said, they did continue working on the project. Um, they seem to have completely implemented the Buccaneers Cave, and a lot of their scripting work has been focused on pause. So, you know, they're musing on how to script NIM, Um getting the use code in place for the various NPCs in that town. um, You know, that's kind of been their focus uh, to close out 2015. Moving on to uh, a project that admittedly is something of a personal favorite, Nuvi, um, which is, of course, you know, uh, if Exalt is the cross-platform Ultima 7 engine, then Nuvi is the equivalent for Ultima 6 and for the last actually little while i mean a lot of what eric and his team have been doing is working on because they've already got ultima 6 more or less fully supported it's been that way for at least a year now they're working on adding support for the other games that were developed with the ultima 6 engine which include martian dreams and savage empire martian dreams in particular has been what they've been focusing on so um They kind of started out the year uh, working on, you know, adding Martian Dream support to the engine. Oh, and the Ultima 6 endgame music, which was always kind of wacky, um, hadn't been properly supported. Uh, About kind of in spring, they migrated the project to GitHub. um, And then a little bit later on, they actually teased that, you know, um, because they're porting the game from SDL version 1 to SDL version 2, um, that they're going to actually be able to do true full-screen support as opposed to just, you know, scaling up the, the uh, game window. Um, for the rest of the year, they kept working on, you know, support for Martian Dreams logic, um, as well as, you know, doing a few bug fixes for some of Ultima 6's quirks. Um, and then their most recent news update concerned, again, SDL2 support and also uh, 4 x 3 aspect ratio pixel support, uh, you know, just to get the artwork of the game to scale properly. The other thing that was really cool, and they did this, uh, this would have been earlier in the year, actually January, February. But they, uh, they added a feature that allows you from within Nuvi to export the maps from Ultima 6 and hopefully Martian Dreams and Savage Empire as well at some point. Um, but they actually allowed you to export them to the tiled map editor's TMX format. And what's cool about this is that if you can export, you know, a TMX, uh, oh, and it would also export the tile set as well. So it basically creates, create you um, the TMX and the tile set. And you could then take that theoretically and import it into another engine, like uh, I know Construct 2.0. Uh, supports TMX import. I think there's a Unity plugin that allows for TMX imports. So, really, really neat thing. Moving on, um, there was a game called Lowlander uh, that appeared earlier in in uh, 2015. It's a retro styled, Ultima inspired, Ultima uh, Two especially inspired iOS game. Um, how did the guy bill it inspired by Ultima 2 approved by Richard Garriott uh, inasmuch as as Richard Garriott still has say so where things Ultima are concerned and unflinchingly difficult um, it was initially released on iOS then an Android version was released then the iOS version got yanked because it was buggy um, but was then subsequently updated and fixed and re-released so yeah that's been an interesting game um i don't know ultima 2 is never my favorite so um i i haven't personally gotten all that far in the game but i mean it's definitely got that you know retro tiled ultima style game to it it's uh if that's your thing it's definitely worth checking out We didn't hear a lot from Beautiful Britannia. So for those who don't know, Beautiful Britannia is a project to basically make the world of Ultima 9 more lush. You know, the whole idea is to... Beautiful Britannia goes hand in hand with another project called Forgotten World. They're technically separate projects, but they collaborate. So whereas Forgotten World is focused on like bug fixing and possibly adding new story content beautiful britannia is focused entirely on the world enhancing textures adding vegetation and other details here and there possibly adding a new area of britannia um so anyways that project has been at least if you look at its website it has been dormant i know first night is still working on it we've talked by email a few times um He basically now just releases New Year's updates, so uh, that's what he did in 2015 as well. Just a short update on the uh, status of the project. Uh, I expect to hear from him again actually fairly shortly with, you know, uh, uh, another update letting us know where the project's at. Now I'd hoped, I don't think he's managed to make it in yet, I'd hoped that Golden Flame would have been able to join us before we started talking about the Dark Unknown. But we'll just have to go without him. Oh well
2: we could save it we could save it Okay. in the vain hope that he will appear
1: okay we'll loop back <laughs> um, actually that's good because then I can talk about Forgotten World because you know it's the other side of beautiful Britannia so again not much news from Forgotten World Iceblade has also been pretty busy but he did um, undertake a project to edit Ultima 9's manual um, I, I believe that is still ongoing And also, he started investigating a little while ago about whether the stat system for Ultima 9 should be expanded. Um, He had a few different options that he was looking at. So, not too too much uh, done on that project this year, but, um, you know, sort of interesting groundwork type stuff, basically. U 3.5 Pax Britannia. Now this is a game that um, unless you are a ZX Spectrum enthusiast, you've probably never heard of. Uh, but basically what it is, is it's it's called U 3.5 because it can't be called Ultima 3.5. But it's, you know, essentially, um, or at least it was imagined initially as telling the story of, you know, uh britannia before it was britannia but after it was cesaria that transition process between the two um i mean obviously it's dropped explicit references to ultima lore but it's obviously still being built around something like that idea and it's that project's had a pretty good year too um so the uh the developer andrew owen uh started 2015, uh actually working on uh the soundtrack for the game because he had kind of you know he'd built it in um GarageBand and some other Apple software and was now you know working on converting that to the format used by the game's engine, which he also wrote for himself. Um, um he also released the tracks on SoundCloud, so um you can find a link in the show notes to where you can go get those. Um, some of them are actually really really beautiful they're like they're they're not quite true remixes of ultima music they're they're definitely more you know um they're their own pieces but with a lot of throwbacks to ultima music it's, it's really quite neat actually what he's done um there's also going to be like uh a physical version of the game which will include like a manual and a map so he actually did a lot of reworking on the manual sort of at the start of 2015 um there's going to be a clue book uh we got to look at the cover for the clue book um there's going to be a player reference card like he's really trying to nail the ultima experience uh with a lot of this um and in oh gosh what month was this this was okay so actually all of what i just said happened in january of this year if you can believe that um in february he actually rolled out a new website for the game which is hosted by the ultima codex so it's at PaxBritannia.ultimacodex.com. um what else did he do There's a port of Ultima 3 for OSX made by a company called Lairware, and it's skinnable. So you can actually add custom graphics skins to the game, or your own tile sets, basically. So he released his Pax Britannia tiles as a skin for Lairware's Ultima 3 port. Um, As 2015 continued, he posted a lot of technical details, character attributes, Finished work on the main output window. Toyed with the idea of adding moon phases to the game. I don't know if he ever did. Um, He did implement an in-game mini-map though, which is cool. Uh, And then just to wrap up 2015, he wrote a fairly lengthy article about, you know, just the process of actually creating a game engine. And I mean, he talks about where he wants the project to go in 2016 as well. So um, like I say, That one's being built for the ZX Spectrum. So unless you have like a Spectrum emulator on your PC, not going to be the sort of game you can dive into. That said, um, I guess there's a really good ZX Spectrum emulator for the um, Nintendo DS. And uh, he's been doing a lot of work building the game to support that particular emulator. Uh, including, I think, a couple of years ago, he released some, like, DS-specific keyboards or keyboard skins. So, um, possibly, when this game finally goes live, if you install the ZX emulator on your DS, you'll have a really great old-school Ultima-type game to play on your Nintendo handheld. And I'd just like
2: to add quickly... Uh... For any uh, any ugly Americans out there listening to this podcast, that uh, Zed is how some people say Z, so you might know it as the ZX spectrum.
1: Oh, right. Yes, I forgot. Um, I was speaking the Queen's English there for a minute. Although, actually, Andrew does go by the handle ZX Dragon Z E D E X. But, yes, you may also know it as the ZX Spectrum, if you don't talk funny like me. Alright, um, another project that claimed some Ultima inspiration that appeared this year was a game called Voxel Quest. Um, now, I regrettably did not follow this closely at all on the codex, <clears throat> um, but basically it's a twofold project, so he's trying to develop both a role-playing game and an open-source game engine. Um, you know trying to create a living interactive world that functions without the need for pre-scripted events ambitious to say the least and obviously based on the name voxel based engine so uh, his initial screenshots looked kind of minecrafty as you might expect Um, there's been a lot of refinements to the engine since then so the game's look has definitely um, changed and become i mean it's still voxels but far less blocky so that's what I'm going to be following a lot more in 2016, but it did come out in 2015. So merits a mention
2: here. Yeah. I'd actually like to add something to that. Um, the, the guy who is, uh, creating Voxel quest, his name Gavin is Gavin Woolery. Yeah, Gavin Woolery. That's, that's correct. He had a successful, uh, Kickstarter and primarily was driving his engine outside of obviously being influenced by, by Ultima. Um, is actually he's trying to make everything procedurally generated. So if you can imagine all the complexity of the interactions with NPCs in the Ultimate Games, you know, 6 and 7 as primary examples, if you can imagine that actually being generated procedurally, it seems like an impossible task, but, you know, I've seen some of the work he's doing where he's actually trying to break down, like, the fundamental relationships that humans have with each other, um, including even things like, you know, romance, um, actually into mathematics. Uh, so, it really, it, you should look into the project if you're interested at all in that sort of thing. It's it's incredible. Um, this this guy is brilliant. So he's one to keep an eye on. Some of the stuff he's doing it's, you know, it's extremely ambitious. You know, to the point of audacity. But the success he's had so far, based on what I've seen, is really incredible. that he's had any success at all, so it's shaping up to be an awesome looking project.
1: Good to know. And actually, for the record, um, I mentioned that the Gavin. Had joined the uh, UDIC Facebook group, and that was in fact uh, the good Mr. Woolery himself. So, there you go. Oh, and Golden Flame has messaged us. What does he say here? Let's go to the messaging. Ah, He says he just got home. I'll tell him. Well, come on in. We've saved... We've saved Dark Unknown for you. There we go. <clears throat> oh, Kevin. There we go. All right, so back to it. Where was Voxel Quest on this list? There we go. Another fan project that saw some work this year was Exalt, but it should be noted that it wasn't really Exalt- um, the engine itself, not like you know the the PC Linux OSX version of the engine. Uh, there was <coughs> uh, a little bit of an effort to build a mod Crowley uh, goes by the candle Crowley, has been working on a mod for exalt that will add um, Bell M, the Ultima 6 Gargoyle NPC, and also the runes of Lord Blackthorne's Castle on Turfin into Ultima 7, but I don't know where that's at. I don't think it's finished yet. I mean, Crowley's busy with a lot of... Like, I think he does some work with Nuvi. I think he helps out with the Ultima 6 remake. So he kind of has to split his time between a bunch of different efforts. The big news around Exult was actually that um, iOS developer Litchie Got it up and running natively on iOS, so the Apple mobile operating system, um, and I gather that Dominus, you know, well known from the Exalt project, has been handling some of like the uh, the beta distribution. I'm on the uh, test flight channel for it, or not? Yeah, test flight. That's the uh, iOS beta testing platform um and you know dom's the one who handles that but yeah it's cool like i can actually play ultima 7 on my iphone natively i don't need a dos box application for it um they're working away on that as they can um the last update from them was that they needed a pixel artist you know uh, it overhauls some of the ui graphics which let's face it aren't necessarily the most mobile optimized most mobile friendly so Uh, but that project is still ongoing and it's (laughs) i greatly enjoy playing ultima 7 on my iphone i have to say so
2: yeah i also like to add briefly uh you know for those that aren't familiar with the projects uh Nuvi and Exult, uh, based on my experience, are the two major projects to be aware of if you want to play uh, two of the absolute best, if not the absolute best, Ultimate games on modern systems, uh, taking advantage of (laughs) a higher screen resolution and non-4-3 aspect ratios. Uh, So, oh, I hate hate the small view window in Ultimate 6. Well, that's taken care of. Uh, so between Exalt and Newbie, those are, those are excellent projects. If you want to play pretty much vanilla Ultima Six and Seven, but with a few technical modifications to not make you grit your teeth, um, you know, makes it, sort of brings the games, you know, into the modern
1: era. It's worth yeah, it's worth noting actually too. With that, that I mean, Exalt, um, the big thing that Exalt does. Well, I mean, Exalt does a lot of cool stuff. But, you know, like, graphically, one of the things that it does that's neat is it pulls a lot of the um, graphical conventions that were introduced with Serpentile back into Ultima 7. So, you know, like, the inventory paper dolling, for example, um, gets backported. Uh, or, like, you get a key ring. That's really, really handy in Ultima 7 to have a key ring. Nuvi is also cool, and Kevin alluded to it just there. I mean, one of the things it does, I don't personally mind the Ultima 6 interface, but some people do find it troublesome. So Nuvi actually has a gameplay option, a gameplay mode option, that gets rid of the traditional Ultima 6 interface and basically presents you with a more Ultima 7-like view. So um, the entire gameplay window is just the world map and your characters moving around in it um inventory and menus are handled with ultima 7 style gumps so there's the inventory pop-up overlays um and they've done some neat stuff too like they've added graphics for roofs for the buildings um they've added custom graphics for the avatar character on the screen uh based on which portrait you select during character creation so A lot of neat things that they've, yeah, just added that really actually, I have to say, do enhance the game quite significantly. Well, I see Golden Flame has joined us, so let's loop back and talk about The Dark Unknown.
3: Hello, everyone.
1: Hey there. How was dinner?
3: That was good.
1: Good, good. So you had a pretty uh, big year, too, with your project, um... Goodness, my goodness, what have you built? Well, you started the year implementing save games. Um, you had save games. You had saving implemented fairly early on in January, and then the ability to load save games uh, came a little bit after that. Um,
3: it's hard to test the loaded games before you have the save games, so.
1: It is. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> um, you also implemented gremlins. Uh, Made some cave wall code improvements, uh, as I recall. That was lighting based issues, right? Uh,
3: there were definitely some lighting issues this year. It's funny, and you see, you you know, you can ask, "What did I get done this year?" And I have to go back mm-hmm. to your notes of what uh, the Ultima Codex has posted about me to remember what was actually this year, because it's all a giant blur at this point.
1: <laughs> well, you did just have a pretty big Kickstarter campaign too, so.
3: That's true. That was definitely this year.
1: <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Indeed. Uh, all right. So, what else? Um, you built the undersea grotto area, um, or at least you teased us with a screenshot, which was nice. Um,
3: it's it's built, but doesn't have monster population yet. But the puzzles enough. are built for it right now.
1: Okay. Cool. Uh, what else did you add? You added new keyboard commands. You, uh, April, was seemed to have been devoted to the audio and magic systems of the game. Um, after that, puzzles, AI logic, audio fixes, the negate magic spell. Uh, moving into summer, you were working on quests, NPCs, monster AI. <clears throat> now, at the time, I'm going to tease you about this. You said that possibly coming soon, there was a demo. Yeah. We, uh,
3: yeah. <coughs> I'd really wanted there to be a demo for uh, when I launched the Kickstarter, but I, when I got to that point, I basically decided that there just wasn't enough to do yet. Um, and I was trying really hard to get like the first – couple of towns' worth of quests going. Right. And at this point, I've mostly actually got that, and I would still like to do a demo, but uh, I keep finding either little game-breaking bugs, like right now, every now and then, uh, the AI suddenly decides that the next step on its pathfinding path is, like, four tiles over that way, <laughs> and everything horks because that shouldn't be able to happen. Right. Um, so, basically, I need to do... I need to do dialogue for a couple more NPCs that aren't involved in any of the quests I have so far in the starting areas, towns, so that there's nobody that you talk to, and it just says, I have nothing to say here. And then I will try to actually put a uh, demo out. Cool. Uh,
2: I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you a, a secret uh, that, that I've learned. Uh, whenever you actually consider releasing any sort of demo, that, at that moment... When you realize what you're about to do, that, that is when you realize, actually, everything that's wrong with the game and everything you need to do. But yeah. at, at some point, and it's horrifying, and then you don't want to release it, but at some point you have to bite the bullet, even though you know things are wrong, and, and just release. It's painful, but there's no avoiding it.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's very true, I think. Yeah.
1: So you spent much of the rest of summer and then into fall working on monster spawns and dialogue and a bunch of other things. And then, of course, November rolled around, and uh, we saw a pretty damn successful Kickstarter campaign get launched uh, to fund artwork for the game, uh, mostly, you know, like Indy Martin's excellent work for manuals and the like. Um, mm-hmm. You also rolled out the new Tapestry of Ages website at the same time. And, yeah, I mean, you went north of 200%. Uh Gosh, we even started talking about a Unity port. I'm gonna try and forget that you said that, at least for the time being.
3: Yeah, that's, uh, you know that that's what I would like to do after I when the game is done. The next thing that I would want to do would be learn Unity, and one good way to learn Unity, it seems to me, is to not have to design and write all of the plot and dialogue and stuff for another entire game. So
1: uh,
3: this may be a little large. For a first Unity thing, but that hasn't stopped me before, obviously. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this year I think the big things this year. I mean, you know, save games were great, um, but the big things this year were AI and magic for the most part. Um, I actually, you know, going into this year, I maybe had three or four spells written, and they were plot necessary ones like light and water walk, so that I could actually do stuff without having to enable cheat codes that let me just walk through any tile, which is right. in there, but. Um, and uh, now I have the first five and a half levels of spells written, and then a, a handful more from the from the highest levels. Um, I haven't tested them all, but they're written. Um, and yeah, and going into this year, I think at the beginning of this year, monsters on the world map would wander around. I think all of my points of interest stuff was last year. Um,
1: yeah, you did a lot of work around that last year.
3: Yeah, so is my system for giving AIs on the world map a place to head to instead of wandering randomly when they don't know where the player is. Right. Um, but if you actually got into combat with something, they just stood there. And now they do actually go up and beat on you. Uh, townsfolk wander around in their little areas, you know, staying a certain number of tiles away from, or staying a certain number, within a certain number of tiles of where they start, so they can't wander too far, so you can't lose them. Yeah. Um, couple of NPCs. Uh, well, once I got to that point it was when I started thinking in terms of demo, and what I started doing was I have a walkthrough written for most of the game, and so I started at the beginning of the walkthrough and started making sure that you could do each of the step on the walkthrough. Right. Now, it's not... You know, it's an Ultima-style game, so by no means do I expect that you will visit these towns in this order. But so long as... You know, this is a fairly logical progression of things, and so long as this exists and I try to write everything, keeping in mind that you won't necessarily do it in this order, I just need to make sure you can actually get from plot point A to plot point B. So that's when I started going through and going, okay, I need to, the player needs to go here and do this plot, and that's when I started going heavily into dialogue and, uh, quest markers and stuff like that. Um, and that was, you know, doing it in order both lets me, You know, try to make sure that I do hit everything. And it's kind of what I, how I excuse writing some stuff without testing it, is I'll test it when I actually get to it in the game. Because huh. um, some of the stuff... I mean, for some things, I would have to either do that or write an arena map or something just to put some monsters in it so that I could see if they'll do something. And I'm like, I'll just see what happens when I walk into their dungeon. Um, it may not be the best thing, but it's not like I have a QA team or something. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so... Once I get a little further in that, you know, who knows. But I'd really like to have uh, most of the rest of it done this coming year. But this coming year is not what we're talking about. This year year was a lot of stuff. This year was the year of no social life. So (laughs) you guys get a game out of it, hopefully.
1: It happens. Oh, my gosh. Have we already been recording for an hour? Good gravy. Well, all right. Um. I think that we're actually going to have to two-part this son of a, uh, because wow, there was a lot of project news this year, and uh, so okay, where am I going to make the break here? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about two more projects, and then we're gonna make a break of it, and we're gonna come back and we're gonna do another recording. Okay, does that work for everybody? All right. Okay. So. First one I want to mention is Pagan in Minecraft because this is a really neat project. is basically building the world of Ultima 8 Pagan in Minecraft. Um, Now, unfortunately, it's also stopped development this year, (laughs) but they did do a big milestone release too, um, which added a ton of areas of Pagan to explore. Um, And you know, this was actually a collaboration. Um, This was a guy named Codden KM who did the majority of the work, but uh a lot of the map development was actually done by avatar acid who is legitimately just an absolute wizard with minecraft like just some of his creations are astounding the other project uh, you know what okay two more projects because kevin's here and i should really give him a chance to talk about his stuff too um but the other project that i want to mention is dungeons of chaos uh, we had volker elsner the developer on uh an episode or two ago um and like this, this project appeared in early 2015. Brand new 2D retro styled RPG for the iPad. Um, really, you know, built for fans of Ultima 3, 4, and 5. Um, so if you happen to be a fan of those games and you own an iPad, definitely, definitely check this one out. Chapter 2 was released in May. Um, and I believe that right now Volker is kind of um, working on restructuring the project, possibly porting it to Unity so uh that's definitely uh an excellent one to check out and uh like i say kevin you're here so i just want to give you a chance to talk about sylph because well okay you started the year actually with a new website um but then you know most of the rest of the year was definitely focused on developing sylph project Miyagi. Uh, You started the year around, what, pre-Alpha 5 or pre-Alpha 6? And your most latest one was pre-Alpha 8, I believe.
2: Um, Yeah, I've been working on it. uh, I'm not even sure when. I think it's been about a year, probably more than a year. Um, You know, I'm better known for working on Sanctimonia, which is basically an attempt to recreate a modern version of Ultima Online that's much more streamlined, uh, that's real-time, um, but as far as the detail level and the, the freedom uh, level, it's uh, pretty much the same, if not intended to exceed um, what Ultima Online accomplished. It's more or less an attempt to create Ultima Online as it was originally envisioned to be during the planning phase, um, as opposed to what it is now or even in, uh, what it was when it was originally released. So well, after four years of working uh, on Sanctimonia, um, I needed a break for a couple of reasons. A, to get a game out there, to get some more money, not more money, just money, period. So <laughs> not out on the streets, you know, dead, frozen. Exactly, right? Um, you know, and also because when you work on one project, particularly, particularly a project like Sanctimonia, you know, it's like, oh, ultimate online, but better. I mean, you know, yeah, one guy can surely do that easily, not a problem. You, uh, ex-
1: you got this. Yeah, I mean,
2: it's it's extremely it's extremely stressful. You know, people would say I'm a fool or I'm naive at best, uh, but I knew I could do it, and I pretty much uh, did do it over those four years in many ways. Uh, but the complexity of it and the amount of stress, I absolutely needed a vacation uh, in the form of not sandy beaches, but a different game. So I decided to tackle something a little bit. Uh, simpler, relatively simpler. Um, so I thought the total opposite. Uh, let's do a shoot 'em up, a science fiction shoot 'em up, opposed <laughs> to a Ultima Online-inspired fantasy MMORPG. And of course, you know me being who I am. Once I started working on it, it rapidly blew up
1: into something with all sorts of complex systems and unnecessary details. And you have a German sensibility when it comes to your software design. You over-engineer the shit out of everything. I do. I do. It's like,
2: oh, yeah, the pilots eject, and then you can shoot them, and then their body parts rip apart, and they have textures showing the bones and the meat when the joints separate and so on and so forth, and there's, like, all these elaborate systems, and it's... Out of control is not the right word. It's just a very detailed game. Let's... Ultima 7 applied to Gradius, okay? If, if Gradius was designed by the Ultima 7 team, then you would have Sylph. Um, but, you know, it's... The engine is pretty much... Uh, finished outside of softening some corners here and there. And at this point, it's just uh, designing all the ships, creating more ships, uh, creating better AI, uh, things like that. Level design, actually making it a game. Once you do the engine, uh, you know, which is the hard part from a technical perspective, you actually have to make a game out of it. You have to design the stages you know, and the graphical assets, audio assets, and make it fun, something somebody's actually going to enjoy when they play instead of just a tech demo. Um, Or a technical marvel. So that's pretty much what I'm working on right now. Uh, The soundtrack, uh, the score by the excellent Morty uh, is pretty much done. He actually just came up with a couple of new songs. Um, I also had a Kickstarter, which was uh, reasonably successful for the uh, game box, the physical game box cover artwork, which uh, coincidentally or maybe not, because I guess we're all dragons around here. Uh, it's, it's also going to be uh, painted by Indy Martin, who's doing the, uh, the uh, manual and illustrations, the artwork uh, for Golden Flame Dragons game, The Dark Unknown. Um, so Indy has her hands full, uh, doing her dragonly duties. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Indy and I have already gotten uh, the, uh, the sketch, basically the detailed sketch done for the box cover artwork. And right now, she's trying to get her custom light box in order um, in order to be able to start work on the painting itself. Uh, so I'm extremely excited about that. Uh, anyone involved with the project, and, and ultimately there's going to be images out there in the wild uh, of, of the finished product. So if anybody who likes uh, 80s uh, you know, PC game artwork or any sort of 80s uh, science fiction paintings, Uh, They're going to completely dig the box cover artwork for self. It's going to be badass. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I have a tentative release date of mid-2016. And anybody who's heard me say anything like that in the past probably knows that that's complete bullshit. And God himself doesn't even know when it's going to be released. But we'll see. So hopefully sometime this year, um, it'll actually be out there. Cool. And that's about it.
1: Well, you know what? And that's actually a really good note to end on. I mean, we've still got... i still got a ton of fan projects to cover here uh, that, you know, saw various amounts of project uh, progress during 2015. Some of them were really, really cool, too. But we've already been going for more than an hour, and I don't like to push these episodes much past the hour point. So uh, I'm going to call it for tonight, and we're going to have to regroup and do another recording to get part two out. So... But yes, so there's an excellent primer on roughly half, about half, of the Ultima Fan Projects that saw some development during 2015. Um, more to come in, in an upcoming episode, definitely. But for the time being, um, always remember, well actually no first, wait, sorry, let me backpedal. <clears throat> uh, I forgot to do intros actually at the start of this podcast so i'll do intros now um albeit i worry that i may have to reach through the monitor and prod gradia he seems to have nodded off unfortunately but uh okay so who's all here well obviously you've got myself with stan the fury dragon where can you find me online you can find me online on twitter at wtf underscore dragon i'm on facebook obviously ultimacodex.com you can find me there um, and on about.me. Links will be in the show notes. We're also joined, of course, you heard him just talking now. Uh, Boolean Dragon, my good sir, where can we find you?
2: Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Um, my username is 8virtues, eight E I G H T V I R T U E S. You can also, when my raid and consequently my server mm-hmm. is not crippled and lame and half dead, at 8virtues.com. And you can find me on YouTube at at VossCorpBetMoney. And if you don't know what that is or how to spell it, then too bad you're not a real dragon.
1: (laughs) You may not have played the Ultimas. All right. Well, Adam, you're awake. So where can we find you?
3: Uh, you can find me uh, well, on Facebook on the Ultimate Dragons page frequently. Uh, my game can be found on Facebook at DarkUnknownGame. No spaces or any punctuation, just all one word. And, of course, uh, <laughs> TapestryofAges.com, which I am continuing to slowly build
1: out. You're also on Twitter, I think, Tapestry on of tw-
3: ages. I, I am on Twitter as TapestryofAges, it is true. Yes. I should remember to load it up more often.
1: All right. Can we shake Grudia? Hey, Grudia, you're awake. Yay. Hi.
0: <laughs> tired.
1: <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. It's been a week. My, uh, my little one has uh, developed a severe case of loneliness. And so she very often wakes up at three or four in the morning. And some <laughs> nights she'll crawl in with her sister's. So, like, my eldest actually this morning couldn't make it to school. My wife texts me while I'm at work, and she's just like, her eyes are like slits. Like, she can't open them. She's just not functional this morning. Uh, Which is unusual for her, because usually she's, like, up like a shot. Um, But for the last few nights, it's actually been me, uh, for the most part, that's been getting dragged in. So, I totally sympathize with any reason that you're tired (laughs) i am uh, waking up at 4 a.m. Ah, uh, are you day. working the evening or No, you're not working the evening shift. You're working the early shift.
0: Working in the morning.
1: Yeah, that's... 4 a.m. is not a fun time to get up. It's not a fun time to be awake for any reason. Well, um, in case you missed it, uh, I did say we're going to call it here. We only got through about half of the project, but we're already over an hour, and I don't want to go any longer. So... Forgot to do introductions, but we are, of course, joined by Gritty, dragon tonight. So, where can we find you online? Um, good sir,
0: you can find me on Facebook as Shengdong Gradilla. That's the easiest.
1: Yes, I think you also have a Twitter account too, don't you?
0: Yeah, I have a Twitter account, but uh, I rarely post anything there.
1: Fair enough. And
0: if you don't know how to spell
2: Shang-Long, then
1: you're
0: not a
2: real Street Fighter 2 fan, and too bad.
1: (laughs) Just look for the ninja avatar. You'll know you're in the right place. All right, well, (coughs) always remember, if you like Spam, 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 Humbug, um, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Podbean or wherever the heck you listen to us. More important than that, though, is uh, make sure you subscribe, because this is especially true for iTunes. More subscriptions, more visibility. It's just how it works. Even if you're using better tech like Pocket Casts, which I totes recommend, um, consider subscribing in iTunes or like the iOS Podcasts app counts. Uh, There is the Ultima Codex Patreon. $1 pledge, of course, to get access to the episodes the day before they go live on the Ultima Codex. Um, and, you know, you're helping me maintain the server and, with sufficient funding, expand it one day. That'd be cool. You can also, though, support the Codex um, by shopping at GOG, buying your computer games at GOG because Codex is an affiliate. So this one's really easy. All you have to do is visit the Codex and click on the GOG banner in the right-hand sidebar before you go and buy a game at GOG. You don't get charged anything more, but we get a bit of commission on the sale. Really, really handy. Again, helps keep the servers running, because they're oddly expensive. Um, If you haven't already, you should totally sign on with the Dragons group on Facebook, or there's also the Dragons community on Google+. Uh, Links will be in the show notes. The Facebook group is easily the larger and more lively, um, but you know what, whatever. I mean, Google Plus group is just awesome, too. Needs a few more members posting content there on a more regular basis. And there's also the woefully underused UDIC hashtag if you're on Twitter. might be worth contributing to. Uh, There's a Facebook page for the Ultima series. You might want to consider liking that. Uh, The Ultima Codex is on Twitter, at Ultima Codex. Uh, (coughs) Whichever social network you favor, though, please consider sharing any of our content uh, posted to your own social media profiles with your own followers and friends. Uh, Spread the word. Spread the Ultima. I don't know how it's been kept alive this long, but you know what? It still has a really vibrant fandom. Now what? Math. Well, 16 complete years, given the release date, but this would be, you know, like we have entered the 17th year, if you want to do it mathematically, in which uh, since the last published single-player entry of the game, and there's still a really vibrant fan community. There's still a lot of people who are fans of the games doing some really cool stuff as we've just spent an hour recapping in this episode and we didn't get halfway through my list so yeah finally if you'd like to recommend anyone for a shout out send us an email ultimacodex at gmail.com and you can also use that to suggest podcast topics comment criticize or volunteer your time as an occasional or regular contributor to podcast sessions. So, we will be back with part two of this. We'll recap still yet more Ultima fan projects that saw progress in 2015. Um, If any of the projects that we talked about today are to your liking, you think, you know, they're really, really cool, and you haven't yet voted in the poll that's on the Ultima Codex, and there will be a link in the show notes for that too, um, please do go and vote. Um, we usually manage to get, uh, a little something, something from Richard Garriott for the members of the project team that, uh, triumph in the poll, uh, be looking to do that again this year. So, you know, like it, it's, it's not just, uh, it's not just a little, it, it's not something that only happens on the website. There is actually like a tangible physicality to it, um. You know it is. We try to make it a meaningful reward for for the project team that that emerges triumphant. So you know, please do vote. All right. Well, on that note, um, everyone want to sign off, <laughs> say good night. Good night. Good evening. Good night. <laughs> All right. And on that note, be virtuous.